sitting upon a throne which has a stone built into it called the Stone of Skern. Right. And it's spelt Skern. So it is actually Skern. It's actually Skern. Right. I'm going to continue to call it Skern and ignore <laughs> what you've said, but I, I, will, like, I will take that me- uh, message on There are three on kinds of people. Well, I call it Skern. There are people that call it Skern, people that call it Skern, and <laughs> people then who that say, well, actually. Like, one in a million person that's <laughs> as persnickety as Edward and goes, actually, I think you'll find that kings and the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, the best way to be right is technically. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Stiff Upper Lip, the NFL podcast by Brits, with me, Ed Wilkins. Me, Emma Hebron. Me, Sam Wong. And me, Tom Chappell. Excellent. Lovely. Just My... so you're all aware, we've had a hell of a week. Mm. We're all broken now. Yeah. Just if, if we don't sound like our normal selves, we're all absolutely shattered. Yeah. <laughs> For various reasons, actually. Oh, it's such a weird... We collectively but separately had a very weird Monday night. Yeah. I mean, Ed and I got in the car to go home yesterday evening at like half past eight and the car battery was dead. So we had to call uh, Breakdown Services to come get us and they said they'd be an hour and then an hour and a quarter went by. And then they said, oh, we'll be half an hour. And then half an hour went by. And they said, we'll be another half an hour. And then at 11 o'clock, they showed up. Yeah. And they said, oh, you can't go home. You have to just drive around <laughs> to recharge your battery. So we got back about just gone midnight, around the same time that Thomas was in A&E, because his girlfriend set herself on fire. Yeah, my idiot set herself on fire. <laughs> Which isn't funny. I've bullied her about it, though. <laughs> this might be the first mention of her on the pod, though. I know it is. Yeah. I'm I'm happy for this to be the first mention, the because I, I changed it? her name on my Facebook chat to The Human Torch, and also, uh, her name in my phone is Bernie Handers. <laughs> so. Well, we were, um, as we were driving around, we said that if Tom and The Human Torch left A&E, <laughs> We would pick them up. Is this what we're officially referring to the idiot as? <laughs> the human torch? But, but we did. Flame like, girl. In, in, in the end, we, it did, like, the timing didn't work out. But we were driving around thinking, like, is this the best way to meet her? Because we've not met her yet. Yeah. Is the best way to meet her when, when we are delirious? When you guys are delirious. Yeah. And her hand like, is engulfed in flame. And like Edward just can't stop laughing, even though the situation is not funny. Like it, it was like we couldn't stop laughing because it was so not funny. Yeah. I needed to pee, but I wasn't allowed to stop driving. So I just had to keep going. It was like the worst version of the movie Speed. Yeah. But like it was called Distance. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And obviously you two are, you know, she's we, just set herself on fire. Yeah. I'm very tired and at that point also quite hungry because I was about to put lasagna in for, for me uh-huh. tea. That's the real tragedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Tom's lasagna. Could you not have like yeah. brought it with you and just like heated it up on her hand? <laughs> The worst part is, is that now she's got into the NFL, she's going to actually listen to this. <laughs> she's actually, she proper enjoyed the NFL. Like we went to common room to go watch it, and like she shout out to a local establishment. Thank you to the local sports bar. 
on Division Street in Sheffield. Well, like, on a serious note, we were, like, worried and wanted to know if she was okay. Yeah. And then the first thing that you said was that you'd called her the human torch. And we were like, okay, that yeah. sets the tone. She's alright. Yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> if it was at all life-threatening, then I wouldn't be joking about it. No. And I wouldn't be calling her the idiot. Can I make a point that I said something that would make an amazing title for an episode and you guys didn't say anything? What did you say? I said, R.I.P. Tom's Lasagna. <laughs> and it went under the radar. I think that's I think that's generally what I'm good for in this podcast, is just creating a sort of five to ten word jumble that we use. The, the, what we've actually turned this episode yeah, into is Ed's quarterly review. Yeah. It's happening live on air. <laughs> I've got the sort of visor out. <laughs> <laughs> you're one to one. We're your managers now. Oh, okay, now. okay. Yeah, yeah, hit me up. What so, do you think um, you're bringing to the team? Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, last week's rundown was pretty much all just me rattling off the ideas that I wanted to talk about, and you just went, "Yep." Yeah. Do you even know what our website is called? stiffupperlippod.com good job not dot .com it is it, it is dot .com Thomas you big nonce I thought it was dot .co.uk no it's dot .com why are we on dot .com you big nonce because what do you want to start with this week let's Just, do some news do you want to have a should we have a news jingle can you do it scoot about ba ba news I feel like we should probably license one how dare you so top story this week for me is Jalen Ramsey yeah what do you think of that what fighting with Doug Marone you mean no no Uh, he's requested to be traded has he and they're looking to send him off somewhere they've basically tried to side with a mediocre head coach as opposed to siding with an absolute superstar, which so, I don't get, because Doug Mar- Like, did anyone see the bust-up of, like, Jalen Ramsey basically kicking off on the sideline, yeah, sitting him. down, and yeah. then Doug Marone, like, came over and said something, and Jalen Ramsey said something back, and literally everyone on the bench just immediately turned and just went, what? And ran over. Yeah, there were players forcibly, like, pushing uh, Marone away yeah. from Jalen Ramsey, so we don't yeah. know what it was that they... Shouted, but Jalen Ramsey obviously said something. Some people think he might have like pushed past Doug Maroon on his way off the pitch. Mm. But whatever that situation was, after that, Doug Maroon walked over to him while he was sat down and started shouting at him. As a head coach, would is your job not to like diffuse that situation and not rise to it? Not well, the expect the expectation of a manager is to manage. So yeah, but I, I'm actually on Doug Maroon's side about this. I think that. Players should absolutely respect their coaches under all all circumstances at all times. They should do it. I think the problem is we don't know what was said either end. No. And if Doug Marone's if either of them have done something unsportsmanlike or whatever, then they they're a wrong party. They're a guilty party. But I, I don't like Jalen Ramsey's personality. I think he's always found himself too bigger than the team. Yeah. I mean, we've already laughed at him at this podcast for turning up. Oh, in an armored car armored vehicle. <laughs> like he's yeah. he's a player who puts himself above the team. So I think as a head coach. Like mitigating a personality like that. If there's a, if there's a if there's an opportunity to recoup some of the investment on a very very good player. I mean, as we say this, Mike Zimmer's probably like lining up the trades to try and get Jalen Ramsey because he just wants cornerbacks. Well, they said they they want at least a first round pick in exchange for him. He's that good. There's no question. But he's locker room poison. Yeah, but as we've seen, teams all go for locker room poison in an attempt to make them because. 
It may be the case that Jalen Ramsey is only locker room poison because of the situation that Doug Marone is not very good and Jalen Ramsey doesn't agree with him. It's slightly different with AB because AB has done this now to two teams. So right now we're only judging it off of Jalen Ramsey busting up with one man, which is Doug Marone. Like I know that he's trash talk teams in the past and whatnot. Like I don't like him either, but in terms of being locker room poison, he's only done this to one guy so far and it's Doug Marone. I don't think that he's come out and said anything about any of the other team members. I think he's literally only insulted Doug Marone and he wants to get away from him as quickly as he can. Well, this is the second uh, sideline altercation for the Jags in two games. Yeah. Because in the first game, they had Miles Jack, their linebacker, punched Chiefs wide receiver Demarcus Robinson mm-hmm. and was I ejected mean, from the game. You go back to last season as well. Like, Leonard Fournette was ejected f- from the bench. Like, there's a culture brewing in Jacksonville of players who are either their personalities are clashing too heavily or aren't under control. And you can see that on the pitch because the players aren't playing for each other on that defence anymore. No. They've gone from being extremely regimented to almost an absolute dumpster fire with every game that passes. Well, the latest on the Jalen Ramsey situation was uh, 15 minutes ago, ESPN reported that the Eagles were looking into him. Of course the Eagles are looking into him. Eagles need help in the secondary. Mm. Um, There was a team up until recently that needed help in the secondary, uh, and they definitely found the reinforcement, though. Tom Bringers in. Minka Fitzpatrick has arrived in Pittsburgh. This is a man who has basically been playing alongside farmers and collegiate scrubs in Miami for like the past year and a bit. Zay Howard is the only defensive member that Miami have had that has been worth a damn, that can actually help Minka Fitzpatrick. They've had no pass rush, and for him to be getting out of there into a team that ultimately has woeful safeties, like Cam Kelly and Sean Davis and, and Terrell Edmonds haven't been good. To get out of there into a team that actually does have a pass rush and just needs help in the secondary, I'm excited. I'm mm. very excited. And to have basically only given up a first rounder for a guaranteed talent on cheap money. Yeah. At the highest position of need on the team until, yeah. until very, very recently. Yeah. Well, very, very recently. It depends on how Mason Rudolph does. Because Ben Roethlisberger is out for the season now. We had two pieces of news happen on one day. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger ruled out for the season with like an MRI confirming he needs surgery. And then Minka Fitzpatrick in to fix the secondary. How do you feel about Rudolph subbing in for Ben? Um, I've been swung very yeah. quickly and very easily. from like I love Ben Roethlisberger. I will defend his play on the field until <laughs> I'm blue in the face. However, through the first two weeks of the season so far, Ben Roethlisberger has not been good. The offense, fair enough, against New England, his stats were deflated by a very shonky Dante Moncrief. And granted, against Seattle, he then made a couple passes that were on the money with his elbow injury, and it it had been bothering him in practice as well. So I don't know how much of his poor performance on, on Sunday was down to that. Probably a fair bit of it. I'd say some, yeah. Yeah. But our offense changed from somewhat predictable and somewhat easy to read into a sort of modern offense. We looked like a team from 2019 as opposed to a middling team from 2009 who were sort of stuck in the old ways. We became a modern team when Rudolph was on the field. I mean, it must be, but it must be intimidating to be in your, like, this is this guy's second season as a backup quarterback and now he's suddenly faced with 
holy shit, I am the quarterback of the Steelers. And he can't just keep you afloat. He has to, like, actively win. Well, the comparison that I can point it to is that Ben Roethlisberger was playing back up to Tommy Maddox in his rookie season. And he was very much untested out of college. And Tommy Maddox gets hurt pretty quickly into the season and the Steelers finish 15-1 and in Ben yeah. Roethlisberger's rookie season because Ben Roethlisberger takes over very quickly from Tommy Maddox yeah. and leads the team to greatness because it revives a freshness. Mason Rudolph is now coming into a, a team that has now got a bit of a setup and it looked like when Roethlisberger went off the field, there was almost sort of a freedom. Like our first play after Ben Roethlisberger goes out that wasn't the pass to Dante Moncrief that he dropped and it led to an interception. It's not Rudolph's fault that it was an interception. The ball bounces off of Moncrief's fucking head. You just look at that and you just think, what a moron. Yeah. Like, how are they paying you? Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't cuttable by week one's four, I think it was five drops. I kept saying six, but it was five right. drops and four oh, wow, catches. Tom, you really did him a disservice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very sorry there. If it wasn't cuttable after week one, then he absolutely needs to be out the door yeah. after week two because he had one target and it, it bounced off of his fucking head and ended up in an interception. But the second play that Mason Rudolph had was a flea flicker. We haven't done a flea flicker in what feels like years at this point. And it's a sign of a modern offense, I think. And I also lo- we, I love a flea flicker. I love I a love flea them. flicker. And when it when it lands for like a forty two yard gain to Juju as like Mason Rudolph's first actual pass attempt. Where he's not passing it to an Where he's not passing it to an absolute dud. <laughs> um it was actually exciting and, and Vance McDonald was involved in the game because we were actually just I thought that Rudolph read the read the coverage really well. I'm not too disheartened about Ben Roethlisberger being out. I think that Mason Rudolph is going to breathe some fresh air. Well, I mean, just as a final point, I guess taking sort of this year's success off the field because it may not be may not be the year successful this year. No, but next year you'll have either you'll know you've either got your quarterback for the future or you've got a high enough draft pick to draft a quarterback in the event that Big Ben decides. It's not worth it anymore. Well, Ben Roethlisberger's already said that he's not retiring. He said in his statement that he's got a contract for three years and that he knows that this isn't how he wants to end it. So he's coming back next season because it's only a season-ending injury. It's not one that's going to keep him out for more. And he wants to play on. So even if this isn't a year where we win, we get Ben back anyway next year. But our team is young and hungry and our defence keeps working away. And now we've got Minka Fitzpatrick, I think that it's now going to be a real shot at just basically working in some of these like young players like Dev Bush, who had a really, really good game. And like obviously Mike Hilton has sort of struggled a little bit, but he's all right. And Joe Hayden's still there. And maybe Terrell Edmonds will finally start to improve. You know, there's, there's, there's options there. There's options there. And they're all young. Obviously, TJ will keep improving. So I don't think that it's going to be be all and end all, but it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to actually be, probably be quite nice to, not to, not to sort of put a downer on the season already, but it'll be quite nice to basically just have a bit of a stress free season. We're 0-2 at the moment and everyone's written us off. We've got no drama in the locker room whatsoever. We have literally nothing to worry about this year, except that it might just end up being a bit of a flatliner of a year. But maybe if your expectations are crazy low, they'll take well, yeah. that, like 
time to be creative maybe try out some new well yeah exactly like we ran more play action than we have done in any of Ben Roethlisberger's seasons we went from below 15% play action to 30% play action just off of one game because Mason Rudolph needs more time in the pocket obviously because he's a deep threat I found out recently that Mason Rudolph before being drafted in his senior year put on a six touchdown 429 yard passing game James Washington was his receiver and racked up 123 yards receiving. So, like, Mason Rudolph has potential to be big. Well, we'll see. We'll see. play the 49ers. Yeah. Shall we um, we do some score recaps? Let's do the week two roundup. Emma, could you read out the scores? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. First one, Panthers 14, Buccaneers 20. Wow, the Panthers look bad here. Yeah. I mean, it was a very much poor game of football to watch. It was, like, surprisingly poor. Yeah. This is what got Ed and I kicked out of our Survivor game. Yeah, I mean, how could you not bet on the Panthers against the Bucks, but... There's not many people I wouldn't bet on against the Bucks. Yeah. The Dolphins being one. Yeah. Fourth and one, there isn't, there aren't many players that I would bet on more than Christian McCaffrey. Like, fourth and one with, like, 30 seconds left on the clock. So close to the goal line as well. So close to the goal line. And yeah, and when I lost it... We lost a sweet tenor on this one. Me and Ed have now made a survivor, just the two of us. And mm-hmm. the winner takes the other one out for dinner. Yeah, we're both still in it, aren't we? Can I join yeah. this, but without the without the repercussions of taking anyone out to dinner? There are romantical components to the... I do not want to join <laughs> this anymore. To the joint survivor. <laughs> Come on in, Tom. <laughs> I do not wish to join anymore. There's room for everyone here. <laughs> Score number two. <laughs> Ravens 23. Cardinals 17. Oh, the first bird bowl of the year. Why is why is Cliff Kingsbury trying to kick so many field goals? Because his team can't score touchdowns, Tom. Yeah, but like <laughs> I thought that the <laughs> I point like that of was, I feel like I, that was a setup. I thought that like <laughs> the air raid offense was meant to be something other than air kicks, sort of like checkdowns and like like crossing routes and like scrambling and shit. What we actually got is just kicking. Should we compare some of these to our predictions? Yeah. Because I wrote all of our predictions down. Yeah. Okay. So we thought for Ravens and Cardinals, we all thought the Ravens would win and the Cardinals would lose. That is what happened. So. Did we all pick Panthers? Yeah. Okay. So we're one for two. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson's really good. Yeah, he's been he's been real good against like the Dolphins, who I've already pointed out, uh, nobody. Yeah, against maybe the two worst teams in the entire league. I mean, but he passed for 272 yards and he had two scores on no turnovers. During the game, he had so much awareness in the pocket. Mm -hmm. He was like pinpointing their defensive weaknesses and then finding the best player to pass to, to exploit that. Yeah. And that takes a lot of skill and also a lot of instinct. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, like, I think that he's probably one of the most exciting players to watch yeah. in the league, but before, ev- before everyone jumps on top of him being, like, MVP candidate like people have been, let's just remember who he's played. Like, yeah. fair enough, like, it's very entertaining and very interesting and, oh, it's, oh, this, this very new style of offense. All well and good, but Dolphins and Cardinals are like two of the worst defensive teams, especially while Pat Pete's out because of PED suspension. I mean, mm. it will be interesting to see him against a better quality 
defence. Yeah. But at the same time, he's now been able to show a wide variety of like screen passes and misdirections. And the play, there was like three minutes left and they were at third and 11. Yeah. And he managed to pass like beautifully to Marquise Brown. And yeah. he got 41 yards. Mm-hmm. That kind of clutch play, I think that that could bode well against trickier defences. Yeah. I've loved. I just loved watching them. I know that. I know there are the teams they played have been shite, but it's just been exciting to watch. They yeah. If you if you sort of re- render and reduce football down to its base components, the Ravens have been one of the more fun teams to watch. Next, in a weird turn of events that none of us predicted, Lions thirteen charges ten. Speechless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Basically, Darius Slade arrived. Yeah, Darius Slay happened to <laughs> Darius play. Darius Slade. Yeah, like it was not a good offensive performance by either team, but like no. nobody saw that interception in the end zone coming. I think that once Mike Williams made the catch, when Phil Rivers started to enable last-minute drive clutch bullshit level, annoyingly, Lions defense played really well. Next one, Colts 19, Titans 17. And for me, the biggest, because some of the news that we get, like with injuries and, and shit like that coming out of games, is really, really sad. Would you like some good news? I'd love some good news. So Titans alignment David Questenberry was diagnosed Big with DQ. cancer in 2014. And he returned in 2017, but he spent all of last season on the Titans practice squad. However, in the game against the Colts on Sunday, he scored a touchdown and celebrated his return to the NFL. So that was a very nice moment. Welcome back, David Questenberry. Mm -hmm. Uh, In other news, at the Nissan Stadium... It caught fire. Yeah, it did a good impression of (laughs) Of, of, uh, the human torch's hand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bengals 17, 49ers 41. This was an absolute red zone hog. Yeah. The amount of times that it'd be like, oh, and there's a touchdown in Cincinnati, it'd be like, well, the 49ers have scored again. (laughs) Thank you for not taking me to any of the games that matter, like the Seahawks, or this is coming from a man who hates the Bengals. I was so relieved to see that for all 40 minutes. We had the same we had the same experience because it did feel like for the important games they'd cut away to be like oh and the 49ers have scored again here's George Kittle the wonderful George Kittle breaking free once again yeah he didn't even have that big of a game no no one had that big of a game no it was it was very evenly distributed amongst all the players and I've forgotten them all because there was that much happening and I wanted to see other things mm-hmm. I switched off when the 49ers came on screen it's funny because it's it's certainly a rare event where the highest scoring game this week was also the most boring yeah I can't ever recall that happening before usually I love a good high scoring game I'm yeah. I'm very much offense driven but when there's like shit like Devin Bush's fumble recovery. Mm-hmm. that he got to the two-yard line that gets delayed for five minutes because they're talking about John Ross scoring a pointless touchdown. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to see it. Are you an American sports fan? Are you in the need for new jerseys? Are you based in the UK? Well, we've got the perfect place for you. Try out the one-stop jersey shop at http colon forward slash forward slash www.theonestopjerseyshop.co.uk forward slash. They have all of your jersey needs and no uh, New Jersey needs. <laughs> Potentially the New Jersey Red Devils and New Jersey Jets and Giants because neither of them play in New York.
Texans 13, Jaguars 12. Now this game, this had my attention and held it. I love Deshaun Watson. I've really, really, I'm growing to love Gardner Minshew. Even though he looks like a 70s pornographer. Especially a, a <laughs> pornographer. Like yeah. some sort of historian of porn. No, it's a person that makes porn. Like <laughs> a photographer. I've never heard of it like that. Have you not? Have you seen his arrival outfit? No. I've just never seen a sports person dressed this way. I've only seen like frontman of an eighties band. What kind of eighties band? Like a synth wave? No, like Queen. A hair metal band. He looks like he should be in Queen. Oh wow! Uh, oh that can't my see, god! That is a metallic iridescent shirt, unbuttoned. I mean, down to belly button with chest, head completely exposed, a chain, a white belt with red trousers, and a red blazer. Do you reckon they did it to take the piss? It to be embossed with, like, lions or mm-hmm. dragons or something. It's a bit hard Jaguars, to see. Jaguars, perhaps. Um, Maybe. Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> a fact about Gardner Minshew. Did you know that he's older than Deshaun Watson? He's older than Pat Mahomes. Uh, no, I did not. He was he was playing like still playing in college, like well into his mid twenties. Like, I just like Gardner Minshew. I just think he's great. Mike Garofalo said that his um, pre-game ritual is to stretch in the locker room wearing nothing but a jock strap. That's the most everyman thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. We've all been to a gym where there's some old yeah. bloke kicking around in his knackers. He kind of he, he kind of reminds me. He's like the NFL's Sean Dyche, <laughs> but like still playing. Yeah, like Sean Dyche when he used to play for Chesterfield, and like they'd all go in for half time. You'd see Sean Dyche stood in the tunnel smoking a cigarette, like fucking Benton and Edges, while everyone else is having the team talk. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know an interesting fact about Gardner Minshew as well? He's not the second. There is no other Gardner Minshew. So he's Gardner Minshew the second with no first. There is no Gardner Minshew the first. He is like a Wes Anderson character. Yes, that's precisely it. It's like in a film about his life, he'd be played by Luke Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> but on his, like in terms of his game... Well, he was on it again. Yeah. yeah. Going in on fourth and ten. His scrambling. And then, his, his yeah, play with his and legs. then managing to find DJ Clark for a touchdown. And everyone's just jaws drop. Like, this is a guy who I, I could see. I when they didn't get the two-point conversion. Yeah, me too. Because you could see that he worked so hard. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, they put their trust in him to score the points. And then when they got the two-point, they passed it off and didn't make it. Yeah. Sorry, they, they ran the ball. I think, for me, this is the first time I've ever... Might be the first time I've ever liked a Jags player. Yeah, first time I've ever been interested or that bothered on a personal level. Oh, hold on, I like Calais Campbell. Oh yeah, we do like Calais Campbell. What's the next score on the door, young lady? Packers 21, Vikings 16. Here we go. Here we go. I mean, Kirk Cousins was erratic at best. Let's start with the positives, okay? Um, Darwin Cook rushed for 150 yards. Uh, The defence held the Packers out for almost three quarters. Um, but obviously by the time they started doing that you were yeah, 21 we were, down we were in a deep deep hole Deep hole. Um, before I go any further as well I will say that there was a, t- a touchdown for the Vikings that was very very questionably and contention- contentiously ruled out my personal belief is that it should have stood but go and watch it yourselves if you've not seen it have you seen it? yeah I saw it that is by the way the first you know we briefly mentioned the PI rule in our last episode that is the first time it's been used to take a touchdown off the board. Yeah. 
I can't get away from it any longer. I am a Kirk Cousins supporter, and I, I, yes. I sometimes am a Kirk Cousins apologist, but he laid a stinker of an egg in the fourth quarter when we had an opportunity. I think it was on, like, first or second down, so he had plenty of opportunities to get the ball out, and ro- he's rolling out to his right. Um, Diggs is yeah. triple-covered, and rather than just chuck it out, he throws it into coverage, and it's picked off by Kevin King. Yeah, and then you went three and out on your next possession. And then we went three and out on our next possession, and the pro- the problem is that last week was so brilliant because Kirk Cousins was able to manage the offence. But when he's expected to lead the offence, yeah. that's the problem because it feels like there's so many blue-chip players around. I mean, you, you could look around the NFL and think, well, how many teams have, like, realistically, like, two incredible wide receivers and one incredible running back? Like, yeah. there's no other team that's that stocked at talent. And, I mean, he did complete a 61-yard pass to Chad Beattie. Well, that was all BB. I mean, that was BB getting his feet wet. But like, his def- defensively, we were great. This isn't really a rant. This is just me being sad. <laughs> but it- yeah, this this doesn't quite have the flavour that I was. No, we're gonna have for. to put like sad violin music in the background. Yeah. I just, I just want Kirk to do better in these situations, but I also want the team to acknowledge that he can't do better in these situations, and then just if the defense, even if the defense doesn't allow one of those touchdowns, like Green Bay offered nothing for the rest of the game, like, literally zero. And it it's just so upsetting to me that we can't we can't come back from games. The defence is great, and yeah. it's a Mike Zimmer defence, so the defence will always be great. But it's got to the point now where it's week two, going to yeah. go into week three, and I am terrified that Darwin Cook's going to get another injury. Like, when I think about the Vikings, the first thing that hits me is a wave of fear that yeah. we're going to lose a star player somewhere. For his stats, um, in that game, Cousins only completed 14 of 32 attempted passes. For a quarterback rating of 58, 200, isn't it? 230 yards, two picks, and the quarterback rating is about 58, yeah. Two picks and a lost fumble as well. Just a, a difficult game after such a positive game against the Falcons. Next. Redskins 21, Cowboys 31. This was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I thought that the Redskins were probably going to end up getting blown away because I think that the Cowboys are phenomenal on offense. Mm. It's one of those ones where the final score doesn't tell the whole story. Yeah. It was quite an entertaining game, though. Zeke looks like he's lost a step. Presumably he'll get that back because he's barely trained all season. Mm. Um, but I'd like to point out Terry McLaurin, the rookie wide receiver for Washington. I thought he's been great this past couple of games because the the Redskins face the Bears next week. Yes. And the Redskins have put up 42 points now against teams that don't have bad defences. So what I, what I look at uh, the Redskins is I think, well, they're, they're a team that... They're a known quantity at this stage. Like, they are going to move the ball on offence. Yeah. They're going to be a little bit porous on defence. But the point is, if, if you roll into town, they, they can beat you. Like, just because they're not in two, they've not looked like the bad side that we all thought they were going to be going into the season. Steelers 26, Seahawks 28. Ben being hurt isn't, isn't a, well, it, it's a major concern, but it's not a season-ending one. Our secondary looked porous, but that's been fixed. James Connor's not out for very long. Cause he's How long is he out for? Not at all. Apparently his knee injury's fine. Oh, okay. Well, he left the game and was kept out, but yeah. it was probably more to give Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels some snaps. Mm. Oh, okay. Like at that point. And Paddy Snell did pretty well with his 
very limited workload. Made a couple of like decent runs. One for I believe sort of around like nineteen, twenty yards. Juju looked fantastic. I'd say the passes that ended up being in his direction, he did superbly with. There is one where, in fact, it's on the play that Ben's elbow goes. He sort of throws it over to the right hand side, and Juju in the end zone is being pulled away, and he ends up winning a the PI, pass. the PI, yeah, yeah, the PI call. Yeah. Like he's getting basically shoved at this point, and he still manages to rotate his body and haul in a pass. And fair enough, he lands out of bounds, but we get the ball at the two-yard line, which we then convert into a touchdown because James Conner just drives it in. Like, Juju looked great, and he he made another, like, catch where he sort of managed to stay on his feet even though, like, someone had hold of his hand. I don't remember which Seahawks player it was. Basically, I don't think that this is as concerning of a loss as everyone seems to make out. The Seahawks are a playoff-bound team in my mind. And they came into Heinz Field and ended up coming in. And sure, we started off a bit slowly and the Seahawks got out the gate okay. And like we went seven up, like seven up but they obviously went, went back and Moncrief made the drop that was an interception. Yeah. And there were things to be concerned That's about. That's problem with Moncrief yeah. than yeah. it is with your whole team. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm interested to know though, because presumably you think the Rams are going to win the NFC West. Yeah, I think the Seahawks are going to end up with a wild card. I think that the Seahawks and the Eagles will get a wild card. So which teams then miss out on those for you? Which teams miss out? Yeah. Vikings. Miss out on a wild card? Yeah. Who do you think is going to win our thing? I think that the Bears will win it. I still think that the Bears will win the NFC North. But this is only on the presumption that Trubisky, pulls his Trubisky out, stops being such a useless fuck. You can shiss on it, but I'm the only one of us to win this week. And how much of that was Trubisky? I don't give a shit. Yeah, Your be- quarterback weren't even there. Yours might as well have not been there. And I'm just happy that we got there. And Sam's. Sam's isn't going to be there any longer. <laughs> yeah, Which true. we can come on to nicely. I was the about next to say, score, yeah, I went for a segue. The next score is Giants 14, Bills 28. Now, I do believe we made some season predictions before the season started. And me and Ed said that uh, Eli would be... The- with the Giants until I think it was week seven against the Patriots. We said that that would be his cutting mm. point. However, Tom, didn't you say like week three? I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> I, that's why I'm sat here very smug because as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, you know who called that? You know who called that? It's El Chapo over here in the corner. <laughs> El Chapo. <laughs> what do you think of the game? I mean, the Bills look good and the Giants look shit. Like, yeah. there's not really much else that. The Bills looked really good, though, to be fair. We'll, we'll give them some props, because Josh Allen bounced back after a bit of a torrid week one. Yeah. And also, at the start of this game as well, he got sacked a couple times, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And, like, for a quarterback who may struggle with confidence issues, to have bounced back and had a pretty good game yeah. is impressive. Because yeah. he looked uh, all right in preseason, which who, I know Daniel isn't Jones. that much of a tell, yeah. Yeah. But... My only concern for the Giants is... Their problem, quarterback, sure, Eli may be regressing heavily, but, like, you're about to throw someone into the exact same gauntlet that Eli's struggled with, and that's having no (laughs) O-line, no receivers, and play calling that's going to take the ball away from the hands of the only playmaker that you have. Mm. Why is Saquon Barkley suddenly not getting touches? Why Um, is Saquon Barkley being limited to less touches than the quarterback? 
Because Saquon Barkley is a game changer. Saquon Barkley is a game changer, but the problem, the problem for teams like the Bills last year when they had LeSean McCoy, teams that are reliant on a star rusher are a brilliant thing to have when you're in the ascendancy. But when you're chasing a game, a running back won't be used anywhere near as often as a, a marquee wide receiver because of the need for explosive plays. And yeah, in the, in the first game against Atlanta, Dalvin Cook was responsible for. 30% of our team's total yards. Um, but because we were absolutely cruising, it meant that we were so heavily reliant on the run game, we didn't need to do anything. In our second game, we couldn't be relying on the run game. And even though Darwin Cook was responsible for 45% of our offense on Sunday, it meant that we were hamstrung into not using him more because we had to we had to be passing more. But in terms of passing more, the Giants' pass game is pretty much slants and screens. I mean, yeah... Dalvin Cook got 40% of your entire team's offense. Your passing game then couldn't produce. The Giants' passing game can't produce, and they're getting, like, five yards on screen passes at yeah. most. Like, their their offensive play calling is shambolic at times. I don't see why Saquon Barkley, who is capable of a 75-yard rushing touchdown, isn't being utilized in such a manner. Is it really worse to let Saquon try and rush for several yardage than try and throw it to Sterling Shepard with no O-line to let them get deep enough to make it worthwhile? Yeah. What have they possibly got to lose? Because they're already... What they're doing is already not winning, so why not let your best player give it a go? I mean, look at the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey basically carries their team. And they're well aware of the fact that Christian McCaffrey basically carries their team. And I know that obviously the Panthers have got more talent all over the all over the offense than the Giants do, and overall are better. But Christian McCaffrey basically runs their offense in terms of like how many times they go through him. I don't see why Saquon Barkley can't do such a similar thing. Like I know for a fact that McCaffrey had a poor game against the Buccaneers, but everyone had a poor game against the Buccaneers. Cam Newton was missing so many throws in that game that a healthy Cam Newton probably would have made, but Cam Newton's shoulders fucked. Eli Manning is probably very much broken and Daniel Jones is untested. I don't see why Saquon Barkley can't be used to just lighten the load on the passing. Mm, I would agree with you there. Dolphins 0, Patriots 43. Should we move on? <laughs> Not literally nothing needs to be said about no. this game other than that everyone was garbage because they are garbage Helmer Hits is a non-profit organisation on Facebook that is helping to further the culture of American football in the UK by contacting councils to get the sport into schools and by helping donate money to current teams so they can buy equipment and kits and anything that they might need If you go onto their Facebook group, you can buy raffle tickets for £10 to win autographed jerseys and helmets. And for a limited time only, any time you enter a raffle, you will be automatically entered into a raffle to win tickets to any of the NFL UK games. So get on it now. Raiders 10, Chiefs 28. Patrick Mahomes had one of the best second quarters of quarterback play that I've seen since Patrick Mahomes' second quarter against most teams. <laughs> yeah. It's an iconic thing as well. This is the last time that a baseball infield is going to be marked into an NFL game. 
I was saying to Ed, I was like, this is the NFL. This is the big leagues. Yeah, but... Why are they playing half in sand? Yeah, she's not wrong. It is easily the worst stadium out there, the Coliseum, but for, for football. Well, I can imagine it's really good for baseball because you've got everything you need. If you're it's playing... not even that good for baseball. It's sort of a shonky middle ground. <laughs> They're actually just going to knock it down like after the Raiders move because the Oakland A's are going to get a new stadium as well. The Coliseum is now being put to rest, thankfully, but... Yeah. Also a little bit sad, because the Raiders playing on sand for like a couple of weeks has sort of become like part of history. Yeah. Okay, so next is Rams 27, Saints 9. Uh, now, oh, I hate the referees. Ed and I predicted the Rams would win, and Thomas, you thought that the Saints would win. Yeah. The referees potentially spoiled this game for the second year in a row. Because there was obviously the PI gate last year. Yeah. And then there was Cam Jordan returning a, a fumble that was one of the most obvious fumbles that I've seen, where basically Jared Goff gets it knocked out of his hands with a strip sack. Yeah. The ball bounces into open field and it's picked up and recovered mm. and taken all the way to the end zone with literally no Rams players anywhere near. Yeah. But and they, they decided to give it back. Yeah. All the way back because they they ruled it an incomplete pass and then reviewed it and saw that it was a fumble. Just let play go on because Cam Jordan had a touchdown and all of a sudden it was ruled out. And to make matters worse, Drew Brees is now out. Yeah, because he got punched in the hand. Yeah, by the most dominant defensive player. Yeah. They said he's out for six weeks with a thumb injury. Yeah. Did you see the... Because um, obviously they've got all the sideline cameras yeah. and they were filming him when he went off. Yeah, trying and to hold the ball. Yeah, there was a ball yeah. like on a bench and he couldn't grip it. He yeah. couldn't pick it up. He literally picked it up and just tossed it away, didn't he? It was like a heartbreaking, like to watch him just trying. Yeah. It's so sad. But hopefully they'll be all right with that in six weeks. Well, they've got Ted Bridgewater, yeah. who is a player that I can't help but liking, but he had a bit of. He had a poor game. He had a poor game. Because he had a poor game when he was asked to come in for relief in week 16 last season. I'm nervous about the Saints. I mean, I'm happy that the Saints aren't very good. I'm nervous for Saints fans that the Saints aren't very good. Yeah. So I think what what we can establish from this game is that without Drew Brees, the Saints don't look like the Saints. No. They don't look at anywhere near as dominating. Well, they almost lost last week as well, sort of cast your mind back a week. It took Drew Brees being Drew Brees to rescue them last week with like some excellent game management and clock management. But yeah. like the Saints... We're about to lose to a very competent Texans side. I know that they've played the Texans and Rams and both could be bound for the playoffs. Rams probably. But still, like, mm. it's slightly worrying for the Saints. Yeah. But then they did lose the season opener last year to the Buccaneers in that incredible Fitz Magic game. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how they are against the Seahawks next week. Yeah. So next is Broncos 14, Bears 16. Imitate the wheel. So I would say that this whole thing felt like, like if you were writing like a script about like an American football team and the main like issue in the script was a lack of kicker, this is how you would end that film. Yeah. You would end it with Eddie Pinheiro scoring more points for the Bears this season than any other Bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you'd end it with a literally final second field goal to win the game i felt like we had a good like run pass balance where we didn't in our first game 
He passed it for a run 28 times and he threw it 27 times. Also, people who said that like, his clutch wasn't that good, that pass to Alan Robinson was fucking impressive. Like, the fact that you can be that bombarded in the pocket, find a way out, and then pinpoint a man like that with like three seconds to go and get it, mm-hmm. that You're was fucking right. impressive. As the clock ticked over to like one second. Yes, yeah. literally one second. And Doing some of that clutch, let me tell you. It's just <laughs> a tiny bit of clutch, just sprinkle it. Yeah, so like that made me feel really positive to see. Earlier today, not on the podcast, Tom said that our whole offense was shonky as hell. But I disagree with that because we had like David Montgomery. I think yeah. that he played really well. One thing I will say is I'm struggling to see where Mike Davis is going to sit on this offense long term because it appears that Tariq Cohen is a receiving back and it appears that yeah. David Montgomery is the running back. There is no space well, for they're Mike gonna, Davis here. They're, they think that David Montgomery is going to be an every down back. Which but is... like, also, like our whole offensive line managed to keep Von Miller and Bradley Chubb fairly subdued. Mm. Like they managed to hold them off. But then there was a very twenty eight. Like last year, the two of them got twenty six and a half sacks for the whole season. Mm. So the fact that we managed to hold them off, I think that that's really positive. There was also the time though very very questionable rough in the passer call. Yeah, it's about as question. It's probably the worst rough in the passer call that I've potentially seen, where Trubisky gets sacked. Literally just after the ball's released. Oh, sorry, it's after the ball's released. But all the guy's doing is making a pretty routine tackle and gravity pulls him down because gravity pulls everything into the centre of the earth and the referees called it as roughing the passer. Move the bears forward 15 yards because that stops the clock as well, crucially, yeah. on that last drive. Like- that's not really to do with my offense. That's just that happened. That kind of thing happens. Sufficiently, yeah. most yeah. games. I mean, like they also called uh, Garrett Bowles. <laughs> he had got a bad game. Four, I don't know he got mean. four holding penalties in the game. Like it got it got to the point where he was like shaking his head, and the commentators were like, "Don't shake your head. You literally wrapped your arms around his neck and held him." Yeah, because that's the only way you stop Khalil Mack. And it didn't. Like, everybody does do it a bit, but holding on offense and holding on defense is not... One makes sense. Yeah. The other is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, shall we move on? Uh, Falcons 24, Eagles 20. The second bird bowl. Um, yeah. Tom, you were the only one to side with the Falcons, and you were correct. Too. Yeah. I have faith in the Falcons. Yeah. Matt Ryan, for, he threw some good passes, but Matt Ryan threw some absolute stinkers. And against a team with a stronger secondary, like, they could have been picked off more times than they were. Like, Matt Ryan threw some howlers in this game, and Carson Wentz didn't have a brilliant game. Carson Wentz was amazing scrambling around yeah. in the pocket again, but, like, this wasn't a game filled for all of the offensive talent in this game. It wasn't a game that was full of offensive class. It was a stop-start game full of, like, three-and-outs and, like, little dink passes. I, I, I honestly wasn't impressed by either side. I know I know Philadelphia, your pick for the Super Bowl. I think they were more impressive last week. I mean, to be fair, your pick for the Super Bowl was that Vikings, so, like... <laughs> yeah. yeah um, Fair point. What was your pick for the Super Bowl, Tom? Was it the Chiefs? It was the Chiefs. The Chiefs yeah. are currently sitting, in, uh, sorry, 2-0. and out. Yeah, the Chiefs is a very good show. Jets 3, Browns 23. Now, this one was other way around, Tom. So you picked the Jets. Yeah, I picked the Jets before Sam Darnold basically was ruled out for what could no. be the entire year. No, for money. Oh, no, no sorry. No, yeah, you knew that. No, you're you right. knew that you're in right. advance. You're Don't right. go trying. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I expected better, but yeah. and again, for 
Trevor Simeon to then go out with a broken leg. And I've now seen the clip of Trevor Simeon's I've not watched broken it. leg. No, don't. His foot gets basically <laughs> trapped underneath him and his entire body weight falls on top of his foot no. as, as Miles Garrett also fell on top of his leg. So he's not he's not in a good way. He's not in a good way. He's not having fun. No. Um, so one thing I do have to say about this game is that um, to the game, OBJ wore a three hundred fifty thousand dollar watch. It wasn't three hundred fifty thousand. It was one point six million pounds. Two million dollar watch. I'm just gonna have to. Do you want to cite a source? He wore a two million dollar <laughs> watch during warm ups against the Jets. Ah right. Okay. He wore. A three hundred fifty thousand dollar watch in the game. We get like we get it. You're rich. <laughs> the only thing that's gonna do is make it harder for you to catch things. There's like clocks everywhere. <laughs> like just sort it out. Just don't be a knob. Why don't you do do a very quick run through and we'll say we'll say win, lose, or draw. Okay, week three. So Jags Titans. Titan win. Jags win. Basically, the question is Minshew or all of the Titans. But when one of the Titans is Mariota. It's a wet slice of bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jags. Uh, Patriots, Jets. Patriots. Patriots. <laughs> Packers, Broncos. Packers. I really hope it's the Broncos. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Broncos because I want it to be the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, Chargers, Texans. Texans. Texans in Chargers' Texans. current form was not good. Uh, Cowboys, Dolphins. Cowboys. 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 Colts, Falcons. I'm, go I'm sticking with Atlanta here. No, I'm gonna shoot for the Colts. You really don't like these Falcons, do you? <laughs> they 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 were so defensively soft. But the Colts have just looked unsettled since Andrew left. Doesn't matter. Like they can still score points. So can the so Falcons. Can the Falcons. Yeah, but the Colts have got a good secondary. So Matt Ryan will throw a few interceptions like he has in the first couple of games. We'll see. I like Matt Ryan as well. It's a, I'm really sad of how Matt Ryan's opened this season. Uh, Cardinals, Panthers. I'm going Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. The Panthers looked real poor against Bucks. They've not done well. Uh, 49ers, Steelers. I hate to go against my boys, but I'm saying 49ers. I think it'll be another transitional game. Yeah. It's in the 49ers. I think, think, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if it takes them a week to warm up, that's not the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, Bills, Bengals. Bills. Bills. <laughs> uh, Vikings, Raiders. Vikings. Vikings. I think I'm going to go Vikings. You were about to say Raiders, weren't you? No. I was like, considering oh, it. I was considering it, yeah. Because you didn't look that good last week. The Raiders have looked alright in their two yeah. games that they've played. That's, That's true. Yeah. Buccaneers, Giants. Bucks. Bucks. Danny Dimes is in. I'm still saying Bucks. I don't know if well, that'll make a big enough difference in a week. Bucks in my survival pick for this week. Really? Because when else am I going to pick the Bucks? <laughs> like, hold on, because haven't I picked the Giants in our survival? Oh I think we had a lock-off, yeah. Browns, Rams. 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 Uh, Eagles, Lions. I'm, I'm going for a shocked Eagles. surprise and the Lions are going to win. Oh. This is my shock of the week. <laughs> Upset watch. <laughs> I'm going to go Eagles. Eagles. Uh, Chiefs, Ravens. This is my shock of the week. I'm going Ravens. <gasps> I'm putting a lockdown oh. on Chiefs. I think I'm going to go Chiefs. A lot more disagreement this week. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just think the Ravens are going to keep the ball. Uh, Seahawks, Saints. Seahawks. Seahawks. 
If it wasn't for Drew Brees being out, then I'd have said Saints. Oh yeah, but... if Drew was in, I'd have said Saints. But lastly, Redskins Bears. I'm going Bears. It depends. See, me and Tom are both on upset watch here. Yeah, we're both sort of eyeing it up because the Redskins have looked really good against two very good defenses so far. The Bears do not have an offense. Oh, okay. Yes, we do. And not a We've good one. We've literally got one. I can tell you the players that are on it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Not a top 20 offense. I'm going Redskins. I'm actually putting this in as an upset. Look, she's disappointed. I know. She's giving you a disappointing face. I know. I I'm feel a... bad because I do like the Bears, but... Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a Bears fan also, but I'm going to pick the Redskins as well. I'm sorry I'm a bit. We'll see. Did you say that there was like a scores on who from last week predicted the best? Yeah, there was. So in last place last week, Edward got ten wrong and five right. Superb. Go me. Uh, I got nine wrong and six right, and then Tom got seven wrong and eight right. I am on a. (laughs) I am. I went above five hundred, and I am one for L in the predictions. Emma and I are not for one. Is there any more football we want to discuss? Has anything well, interesting happened to anyone? Have you guys seen anything about the interview that Gronk did? He was reflecting on his career in terms of injuries. And he said that he estimates, because he doesn't know exactly, that he had 20 concussions. I didn't hear about that, but it doesn't surprise it me. Was so no. It was kind of sad. So he said he had nine surgeries and 20 concussions during his career. Um, and he said that hours after winning the Super Bowl against the Rams last year, he was lying in bed crying. He couldn't celebrate or enjoy the victory or anything just because of pain. Because they he was hit so many times in his quadriceps during yeah. the game that he had such deep bruises he couldn't walk for weeks. And over the next month, he had to drain a litre of blood from his leg. And he was only able to sleep 20 minutes a night because of this how is a, much pain he was in. And this is a man that people think will come out of retirement. This is a man who yeah. is well and truly no, done he with said, football. He Grunk's said done. that um, he took that bruise as a, a farewell gift from the NFL. Yeah. He said as soon as that happened, he was like, that's it. If he can go through like 20 concussions and his farewell right. gift is a bruise on the leg, that basically tells you just how bad that bruise will have been. Yeah. yeah. Frankly, if you can get through 20 concussions and remember who he is. Yeah. See, this is now the other thing. It's it, it, We are going to, again, have to look at CTE in football. And it's a real concern. And I hate to say it because the guy was a bastard to other players. Like, he, he was a man of dirty tactics. But I wish Gronk well. Whatever those concussions will have done to him, I hope it's not permanent. We didn't do bastard watch. Should we, should we reserve our, our weekly slot for Antonio Brown? He'd be it every week if we didn't purposely stop ourselves. Who are your candidates, Tom? So, my candidate was actually going to be Dante Moncrief for being a complete bastard to all of Pittsburgh, <laughs> but especially to my new boy, Mason Rudolph. But isn't bastard like you've intentionally been a dick rather than like, you're just bad at your job. Nobody really was a dick this week, like, though. Don, Doug Marone also I mean, did... Yeah, Dante Moncrief hasn't put his penis in someone who didn't want his penis there. That's true. Yeah, but we already covered the AB thing last week. Mm. No, but it is still relevant because they only had the NFL, not trial, but like the meeting with yeah, the, sort of people like a who had various... Actually, I've, I've got a contender for Bastard Watch. They only had that on Monday. Roger Goodell. The commissioner of the NFL, who allowed Antonio Brown to play. Ah. Therefore, we get around 
having Antonio Brown as busted. Also, you can probably pin a lot of other dits being allowed to play on him. Yeah. Did he say that Tariq Hill was like free and clear uh, in yeah. terms of the NFL despite all the audio evidence? Yeah, I mean, Roger Goodell is basically like a premium shit king. Okay, well, bust of the week this week then, Roger Goodell. Thank you, Roger Goodell. Thank you for listening to Stiff Upper Lip. We've been your hosts, Ed, Tom and Emma. And we'll be back next week. Is like in proper stalk mode. Why is her tail so big? She's seen something to be work under the bed. Is it my foot? Yeah, it's your foot. It's my foot, Mole. Mole. Her tail has just gone humongous. So has Mole. Molly's just been stalking Tom's foot. Yeah, she's just been trying to hunt and kill my own foot. Thank you for not doing that, because, like, I don't want to be attacked.